Welcome to today's show, and today we are talking to Inesha, who is the owner of Woodstock Liquors in Cape Town. Welcome to the show, Inesha. Thank you very much, Olga. Um, and, you know, Inesha, you've been a wonderful support service to the craft industry in the in the Western Cape, and I see even a lot of the bottle stores in Joburg and Durban are are buying from you. So a big shout out from from the craft industry for you. When you started with, uh, was it R and H or SG Convenience? So it was R and H, um, which uh, obviously was bought by um, SG Supergroup, SG Liquors. Yeah. So that was uh, my first forte into the liquor industry outside the restaurant business because that was what I was in beforehand. Working in, and, the, uh, in restaurants. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a couple in Cape Town, which are open, and obviously working some bars in uh, London as well back in the day. And uh, pretty much gave me a good knowledge of um, the food and liquor industry. And obviously also buy Target uh, liquor candy. So when yeah. the opportunity came to work as a sales rep with R&H, um, I grabbed it up. Yeah. And, and R&H was a, a, a big liquor distributor owned by Amara and his family, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yes. So they started off with uh, also just a bottle store at first, and then uh, saw a gap of the market and grew it into one of the biggest in the Western Cape. Yeah. So it was a great thing to be a part of. And uh, I was I was consulting to SG Liquor at the time, and uh, I think we did some introductions um, to Amara and to the group, and I think they ended up selling it to to SG, which uh, was at the time trying to set up a national liquor business. So did you end up as a rep with SG? Yes, yes, I worked for SG for, for two years. Okay. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a very big learning curve. Um, obviously, for uh, working on the road with the restaurants and bars and other liquor stores, but then obviously also under, understand the, a big corporate business and uh, obviously everything that goes with that as well. Yeah, um, that's a massive challenge, I found. No, most definitely. Most definitely. I mean, uh, it's, 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 it's a lot easier being able to, to uh, manage a complement of, let's say, 10 staff uh, in one uh, warehouse. Uh, but when it comes to a, a listed company, which is um, all over the country with, with their fingers in lots of pies, that, uh, you know, it's, uh, the amount of procedures that have to go into place to, to make a successful business is uh, a lot more strenuous. Yeah, and a lot of politics and red tape. Um, yep. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, how did the opportunity come about to start this Woodstock? Did you buy it or was it, a, was it an existing business? Uh, it was an existing business. Uh, well, after I left SG, because the um, main reason was uh, to go from a little bit from the corporate side to a little bit more of the non-corporate. So mm-hmm. that, you know, you can get a little bit more in-depth into to everything with uh, obviously a lot less red tape. So I started working with Cybertiller, which is our online liquor store. Okay. Uh, and then um, I, I went on as an offline uh, sales manager to to create a, more of an offline division. So that's that's how the, my distribution business started going. Uh, it was my first brand, Bridlerman, and then obviously grew quite well. And then there's an opportunity where Woodstock Liquors, which was then a blue bottle, became available for sale. And uh, obviously, knowing uh, mining from Rhone Liquors for so many years. 
we decided to actually go for it with CyberCell as a partner as well. And so, to create that more offline component as well. To the listeners that don't know Ruland Liquors, um, for me, my biggest treat was always to fly to Cape Town and go visit the um, Paulana Brewery on the waterfront. And then one day I got to Cape Town and the Paulana had closed. And fortunately, I had read on Facebook about um, this crazy beer that was selling for 800 rand at, a, at an arbitrary little bottle store in Ruland Street. Um, and so that was my first pilgrimage to to visit Ruland Liquors and it was a dog, what was it a, a, brew, a brew dog beer that Marnie was selling I think he probably only had six of them but I just had a look at it and I touched it and that was <laughs> kind of my pilgrimage or my new uh, favorite destination in Cape Town um, yeah I mean uh, yeah that's what Ruland did you became one of the first, uh, the first proper believers from a retailer in a, especially the craft beer market. Yes. And, uh, I mean, I remember going to uh, the, the beer festival, the Hamilton Rugby um, uh, Stadium, and uh, literally every single beer back then was available at Rillin Liquors. And yes. that's exactly what he did. He invested when everyone was a bit scared and uh, then became uh, one of the first destination stores as a liquor store where people were going to just for selection and not for the convenience aspect, which was great. Yeah. Um, and and when did you meet up with? So you started working with Cyberseller, and then um, I know that Cyberseller did they invest in the whole business as well, or, or is it? A, yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, uh, uh, there's been a, a strong belief in uh, the online community that you know um, having a, uh, a normal retail component to the to their business online business is uh, only but a strength. Um, just because you can never get to every single market online. And at the same time, it works with the offline component. So that's why they came in uh, with the opportunity for Woodstock Liquors. And then obviously with money as a business investment. And for me, it worked out quite nice because you got uh, different components coming to the party to to make a complete product at the end of the day. Yeah. And and who who is behind CyberSeller? Is it uh, it a technology company or is it a wine company? Uh, it's uh, so uh, Silver Tree, uh, they, they, which is an online company, okay. which uh, has a lot of uh, small companies, uh, not small companies, but other companies under its umbrella, which is CyberSea is one of them, okay. and, uh, and a few others. And um, yeah, they're looking on investing in pushing online businesses. Okay. And um, yeah, so, but obviously the arrangements, um, the, well, it's always with CyberSea because that's where obviously it all worked together. Yeah. But but uh, you are based at Woodstock Liquors, is that yes. right? Okay. Yes. And uh, challenges in starting a business in Woodstock. I mean, Woodstock is very trendy at the moment, but it's still, um, you know, it looks at least like a fairly low LSM area. Yeah. So it's uh, uh, Woodstock's a very uh, mixed clientele or, uh, area. So I mean, we have all walks of life uh, walking around. Uh, so, where, uh, for example, for real liquors, uh, they can uh, be a lot more, let's say, uh, trendy in the sense of, you know, being able to do a lot more fine wine, a lot more craft beers. Where for us, we had to take more of the viewpoints of being a community bottle store. Okay. So the whole idea is that you know you can walk in and get a selection of 
200 different craft beers and 100 different craft gins, but at the same time, if you just wanted to get a black label court, you can still get that. Yeah. <laughs> And but but you've also become somewhat of a um, like I said earlier, you a lot of the craft gins uh, rely on you craft beer, I guess, to to get their brands out in Cape Town, or or who do you service? Uh, yes, no, definitely. So I mean, uh, when I started distribution with Cybercella, um, with Rhythm and um, uh, be my first brand. I saw that, you know, it was an amazing category of very unique products, uh, all centered around gin, which, you know, didn't really have a route into the market. Um, So especially from uh, um, uh, supplying other retailers. So pretty much, yeah, um, so basically built up brands after brands. So especially some um, non-local ones like Jennifer and the 3031, uh, two of its local ones like Hope and Hopkins, uh, and uh, quite a few other ones. I just bought a portfolio so that uh, the retailers, instead of having to order from all these small little distilleries and having a hundred different invoices at the end of the day, they can just get one at the end of the day with all the ones that they need. And uh, it works quite nicely with that because, I mean, they are high-end products, so obviously it's mixing and matching, so you're not having to uh, really uh, order six bottles and you know, having big investments into... A new category, so yeah. it works quite nicely. Okay, and then also works nicely for you know the uh, the small businesses starting out with their the craft gin or nah, rum or tequila, and you know instead of having to run around to deliver two bottles there, three bottles there, a case here, a guy there can just focus on growing their brand and making sure you know it gets into the market as best as possible. Well, the big challenge is obviously also to get people to open accounts with you if you want to supply them directly. Um, the amount of paperwork involved is always a nightmare, isn't it? Most definitely, most definitely. And uh, that's why it's, it's quite, uh, quite nicely because uh, the distribution is now just uh, over three years now. So today, say, a space of time, I've got um, accounts open with all the liquor cities, a majority of the, the tops is in the Western Cape. And uh, it's all through word of mouth, which is obviously uh, retailers looking for that convenience factor of a, a category which is crafted in general, whether it's BL or or, or uh, spirits, and uh, it just makes their lives easier in that sense. Yeah, and I mean, we started buying from you when I was w- helping Hillcrest Tops with their craft beer and their craft spirits, um, and I mean, you were quite happy to ship even to to Durban. Yeah, so I mean, uh, the nice thing that's where we'll see having a an, an online component as a partner. They they organise great race from uh, some of the courier companies. So it was a hard year that also these small companies trying to get going who can't necessarily afford to send up a lot of stock and have a distributor uh, as well sales team down in a place. At least they have a solution where um, other retailers from nationwide can get small trade price uh, from the Western Cape, but obviously being delivered by Korea. Yeah, and how many how many customers have you got or outlets have you got in Joburg that you supply or across the country? Uh, uh, around the country, obviously, it's not too big, but uh, yeah. uh, it's probably about 20 to 25 uh, other retailers. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, like your Hillcrest and Belito, Topses and uh, KZN, and then there's quite a few liquor cities okay. uh, and a uh, couple of Topses and uh, even a, uh, an ultra tour on the country as well. You obviously can't uh, find those products at all in the areas, so I just make it easy for them. Yeah. 
And I mean, for me, the 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 most fun was, and hope I don't give get you into trouble, was getting Monkey Forty Seven f- from you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a uh, it was an interesting um, uh, situation where um, Penery Card uh, believed that they really wanted to have the focus on the on the restaurants and bars with it, uh, but obviously they. Uh, have to make it available um, uh, to other distributors who supply the restaurants. So a little bit of a loophole. Um, yeah. But at uh, end of the day, um, it's, uh, it works out quite nice in the fact that a couple of retailers who really believe in the craft and know the product were able to get on the shelves as well. Yeah, yeah, that was that was quite exciting. And yeah. and some of the hiccups that go with uh, starting a distribution in a retail business. The biggest thing, like any other distribution business, is just making sure you can get the product to the customer when they want it. Yeah. And um, and uh, obviously the way they need it as well. And that's why I put in things like no minimum delivery. So if someone just needs that one bottle, then they get that one bottle. And they'll be able to offer the same delivery to the local the Cape and Cassas and Wheatley for the rest of the Western Cape. Um, you know, it, it, it works quite well. Uh, from the, from the retail side is, is pretty much, uh, from the craft side of things is being able to maintain and grow a portfolio of mm-hmm. the most amazing products, uh, at the same time doing it where you, your rate of sales can actually justify it. Yeah. It's probably the biggest thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And have you managed to build up a, a loyal following or a tribe, as they say, in, in your community? Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Unfortunately, I lost a bit of it with uh, having been closed for five months with a fire. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's so nice to see those same faces after being reopened for such a short space of time coming through. And that will be from uh, um, a range of different products, which is quite nice. So. I have my certain customers who come in for, you know, the seasonal craft beers, limited editions, uh, to the more devil's peak type of aspect, which is always available. And then, uh, the customers who are coming in to look at the special wines that I've got in, all the special gins. So it's, uh, it's created a nice element of the different clients I get just from the portfolio that I stock. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the fire. I didn't realize you were closed for five months. Yeah, yeah. In early February, uh, had a um, uh, electrical fire uh, when we were closed, so uh, no one was uh, in danger. But unfortunately, the damage caused meant the shop needed to be completely redone. Mm. And uh, with insurances and the renovation stuff, took a very long time, uh, a lot longer than I would have liked. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's uh, the changes. I think that everyone faces in one way or another when it comes to having own business. So. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we can so people can buy what, whatever you stock. Is it available online at Cyber Sellers, or how does it work? Uh, no, unfortunately not. So uh, Cyber Seller has is uh, always been uh, more of a one uh, okay. online retailer, and um, they uh, focus so much on it uh, because that's what they do. Yeah. So I mean, we're still in the process of eventually looking at uh, be able to create a better platform where. They'll have a more availability to the spirits and beers that Wisconsin Liquors has, uh, but then available to everyone in the country, obviously. Yeah, but but wholesalers can just request a price list and order off that, and uh, then you ship it. Um, and and because you've got yeah, access, exactly. you've got access to the cheap courier rates. It's it, it's viable for you to do that. Exactly. 
it is in the pipeline to eventually set up an uh, online ordering platform for 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 trade customers as well. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, as it is, it's uh, uh, the type of thing take a bit of time to to set up properly. Because obviously you don't want to do things uh, in such a way that will cause any problems in the future when, you know, emails and even WhatsApp work so well these days. Yeah. Okay. And so where can where can people find you? So in, you're in Woodstock and what's the street? To... Uh, yeah, uh, Victoria Road, 175. 175. But, uh, the Hustle and Bustle Road and yeah. uh, lots of traffic. And no parking. Uh, but... Uh, no parking, the same uh, the normal Cape Town way. Yeah. Uh, but at least uh, the traffic is constantly moving, so we get lucky in that aspect. Yeah. But uh, if you want to pop by, uh, we obviously, uh, we still like to say we try to focus on making sure we have uh, as good a selection as we can afford, uh, so that you can always find what you need. Okay. Especially if it's not a porcupine ridge. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I get it. So yeah, it must be quite difficult to to make your store uh, differentiate your store to to all the massive chain stores that are that are in all big cities in South Africa today. So um, and you do that by by selecting and and stocking products that are not available in those super in those supermarkets and the big chains. Oh, most definitely. Uh... Obviously, you have to have a balance. Uh, mm. You you cannot uh, just do it overnight because uh, people also do come to to me for the convenience as well. And if they want a, uh, a wolf trap red, uh, then I must have a wolf trap red. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, you you, can't, you There's a certain amount where you can play around with, but slowly but surely, you try to even, I try to convert those customers um to to uh, use, uh, supply, uh, using wines from smaller states to also promote them and also the quality they give and uh and obviously um you know differentiate myself from the other big retailers because um, uh you know uh the main reason is it also comes down to 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 pricing uh, yeah. if I have to put let's say uh, spear wines in my store which I don't currently stock. Uh, there's a chance that, uh, you know, the pick and pay down the road or the checkers down the road is selling a trade price off their shelf. And then a customer walks in my store, sees the same wine, and says, why am I so expensive? Yeah. And, uh, and it's like, unfortunately, I'm not a big national retailer, which uh, obviously gets a lot of discount for buying pallets or truckloads. Um, but uh, that's why I try to focus on pushing um, uh, the smaller states, which uh, a lot of the time have better quality. And, uh, and obviously... Um, being able to so that this is the right price. This is the value of the product. So you've moved Elephant into, uh, yeah, to to short premier brands. Okay. Yeah, they like I say, like I was saying, I just uh, I never had the time to grow the brand. So yeah. I mean, as you know, just uh, the restaurant and bar listings on their own are so important to be able to grow a brand with liquid and lips. And uh, I have zero time. I mean, yeah. I barely do any sales for my distribution business whatsoever. I yeah. rely on the actual suppliers themselves to do it themselves, and I just do. I just become all the roots and market. How's How's Knut Hansen doing down there? Uh, Knut Hansen's doing very nice. But there's been a lot of love, and uh, and that's first of all worked on the packaging, and yeah. then uh, forget the the listing in the first place. But then actually then getting the resales because the gin's very good as well. Yeah. That's why I say, if I, you know, I tell a lot of gin guys, don't get too excited when. You, in your first couple of months, you make all these sales because all these new listings. A few months later, CFS stock actually sold off their shelves. 
uh, that's when you know if it's going to be a success or not. Yeah, that's a big test. To the not yeah. filling not filling the pipeline, but uh, getting the pipeline to move. Exactly, and uh, I see it all the time. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think the problem is is that the is that it's only going to get worse in the fact that uh, people keep pushing out new gen and they're bad quality. Yeah. And uh, the if uh, let's say a year ago even now I would say people would be willing to buy a gin off the shop without even trying it because they want to try every new gin. Yeah. But now they've now maybe picked up two or three bottles where they were crap. Yeah. And now that's just, now it says okay, well I'm gonna try the ones that I know are good, and then that completely halts the growth of uh, of uh, at least new gins into the market. Yeah. Which I'm I don't mind so much because literally the, all the bad gins need to filter up and go away because they they're ruining their own category on their own. So. Yeah. And I try to I try to kind of get the the producers to make miniatures so that. You know the risk wasn't so big. You know they could try the small, use small bottles to trial, and then um, if they like the gin, they could go and buy the bigger bottles. Yeah, no, that's where well, it's a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing in the sense that uh, you'll get in a lot of the customers who might have bought a, a 750 more, but not buy the mini one. Yeah, and they never actually get to buy in the 750. Yeah, but I mean, uh, in the day, liquor and liquor is always the best. Way. So I tell every single person bringing out a new gin, or people have been going already in. And not understanding why they're not getting the sales they want to is that it's about the restaurant and bar listings. If you don't get those, uh, you can give up already. I'm no, just... it's a it's a simple thing. Liquid on lips. Uh, you can have the best gin in the bottle. I'll take the three oh three ones uh, Durban Dry Gin. It's freaking amazing gin. I think it's a lovely, lovely gin. Uh, but people aren't willing to try it off the shelf uh, because a it's from Durban. They don't they don't want to be Durban. The, the labeling I don't think works for the Western Cape. And uh, no one's ever tried it before. So if they had more listings in the restaurants and bars, then oh, the people try it. Okay, yeah, I definitely want to, uh, when they're sitting in the store the next time around, they might buy a bottle for the 350, almost 400 and a bottle. I, I always say for a lot of these um, uh, new products coming out is having the right sales force uh, behind them. So people who partner up with like a right promotions and stuff are going to get more luck. Uh, yeah. because they will get all the important bar and restaurant listings because they have built those relationships over so many years um, that they can get those listings. And then all of a sudden you're popular. That's why Musgrave, I would say, partly that's why they're as big as they are. The people used to go into a bar and they'll see Musgrave Craft Gin. What is that? And then they would try it out. And they're like, okay, great. It's awesome. Then they'll buy a bottle. And they're going to go to the bottle store the next time. Yeah. Because I, I, also I find in-store tastings, at least for my side, don't really work out that well. Mm. Um, especially because my clients are still very mixed, obviously. But it's your your clientele who's going to spend 400 rand on a bottle of gin isn't going to be necessarily coming at your busy time on a Friday afternoon or Saturday afternoon. They 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 seem to not have to work very hard. They'll come at 12 o'clock in the afternoon or even 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so to to have a structured uh, um, a tasting where you can get to the clientele who are willing to buy is actually, I think, a very difficult, a difficult thing for all retailers. Yeah. So you end up having um, a person sitting there pouring on a gin and then they sell maybe one bottle, maybe two bottles. Uh, but that's why I say it's, it's all uh, for building brands when it comes to um, uh, the alcohol market. It has to uh, give precedence to actually... Um, direct the demand from the, the restaurants and the bars 
and that in tune will already generate demand for the liquor stores. Yeah. Okay. Nisha, thanks for, for joining us today. And to all the craft manufacturers and distillers and brewers out there, give Nisha a call at Woodstock Liquors if you want a, a distribution partner in the Western Cape. And, yeah, if you're visiting Cape Town, go and, don't be scared to go into Woodstock and, and to go and visit the store itself. And uh, yeah, if you if there are any any specialist retailers you can learn from Woodstock Liquors, you can order a nice selection of craft spirits and uh, that are not available, you know, everywhere. And you can stock them in your store. In Asia, will work out a good price for you and uh, ship them. Remember the the I think the last time we spoke, you shipped something off to in the middle of Mpumalanga, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice thing about working with the, the carriers when it's affordable. Is yeah. that you truly, any customer can get stock. And as long as uh, the price is good enough where they can still make a profit of being another retailer, then it works out very nicely. Yeah. Thanks, Inesha. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Olga. We'll see you soon. Definitely. Keep well. Thanks. Thanks.